0: here is rob heron good morning everybody and good afternoon to everyone in the u.s hello rob
1: nice to see you good
0: morning you. judy how are you Or good afternoon judy
1: good good yeah afternoon <laughs> i'm glad you yeah. sent us in before you fly out to indy thank you
0: thank you so much my pleasure my pleasure Awesome. Well, we'll get going with
1: it. Uh, Rob, first of all, thank you for your time. We know you're extremely busy right now and uh, halfway around the world as well.
0: Yeah, good morning. Uh, Good afternoon to you, Brad. Uh, Yeah, busy day. In a couple of hours, I've got to jump on a plane and fly to Adelaide for the final, uh, the finale of Supercars for 2022, which has been a big season for us. And uh, I'm there till Monday. I fly home Monday afternoon and Tuesday morning. I'm on a plane to fly to the Indianapolis to the PRI show, which I never like to miss. And I've never missed one yet apart from the uh, COVID, COVID year.
1: Well, we'll be happy to have you over here for sure. Um, Rob is the, uh, the, the CEO and managing director of Herod Performance. And uh, you mentioned the Australian V8 supercars before you came on. Francis was saying you build all the Ford engines uh for V8 supercars, which uh again, when we draw comparisons to the the Doug Yates, the Carol Shelby of Australia, uh you are you're, you're pretty deep in not just Ford, Ford Mustangs and everything else. So kind of give us a little bit of an overview of what you do and uh everything <laughs> that Herod Performance does. I know it's a lot. <laughs>
0: That could take up to an hour, Brad. But look, to give you a bit of an idea, my, my main business in Melbourne is, is Herod Performance. And then up on the Gold Coast here, where most of the supercar teams are, I have a business called Herod Performance Engines, which we currently do the engines for the two supercars at Dick Johnson Racing Run. Most people would know that as the old, it was called DJR Team Penske when Roger Penske was involved. So I have the privilege of working on the engines at you know, actually, my engine shop is the old Penske engine shop, so we currently do those. But there's big changes happening in supercars for next year. Um, it, it, it's a it's a big overhaul. We're going to a new car, which they call Gen 3. We currently run the Gen 2 supercar. This has been a probably a three-year build-up of uh, coming to this Gen 3 supercar. And the nice thing is, I was I was approached by Mark Rushbrook. Um, to take on the engine program to develop the engines for the Gen 3 supercar. So I work hand in hand with the Ford Racing crew in, in Dearborn, which it's, it's a daily and weekly, couple of times a week, Zoom conferences and so forth. But my, my predominant business, which has sort of got me to where I am, is we, we hot rod brand new Mustangs. And uh, I was privileged enough that back in 2020, we, I, uh, I had a collaboration with Ford Motor Company of Australia where I actually moved into, a, into one of the, the retired Ford plants in Broadmeadows where they built all of the, the Falcon road cars for many, many years. And we moved into that plant and uh, I had probably about 150 Ford staff working underneath me. And the way it all worked is Ford is no longer a manufacturer in Australia of, of motor vehicles due to the, the shutdown. So what basically had to happen was the plant had to be registered in my name, so that the Ford plant was probably a Herod performance plant. The vehicles in Australia have to have what they call an Australian design real compliance plate. Herod has the compliance plate for that Mustang. So we set out and we we basically put together 500 supercharged Herod slash Ford R-spec Mustangs uh, that were built on a production line. Nothing like... You would see building in a in a hot rodder's shop or whatever. It was a full on production car, and it was it's the biggest box I could ever tick. Something in anyone's dreams that you would never think you would ever do to have your own production car with Ford. Uh, it's pretty it was pretty full on. It was a lot of years of hard work to get to that stage, um, but but now like my, my business in Melbourne just thrives. Because we, we we've done these five hundred cars. They were sold to every Ford dealer in the country, uh, fully backed and warranted by Ford Motor Company of Australia. Uh, I worked, I, I'm a Ford Performance parts dealer in Australia, so we use predominantly a lot of Ford parts in that particular build of car. But it was, a, it was a big chore to get this car. We can all say, hey, we can put a car together and we can go and drive it. But to try and get a car on a production scale, to get it through Australian design rules to meet all the emissions all the tailpipe emissions noise emissions to meet Australia which is so much more stringent than the US was a big chore it was a huge chore that once we reached that stage where Ford said hey we're hitting the button we're going to go with this it was a relief off my mind because it was a lot of hard work so then from there from there I when that was over I actually moved to the gold coast to see my daughter have have a baby And it was at that stage, I needed something to do each morning when it was through COVID. So I must say, through that build of that aspect, it was damn hard because it was the start of COVID and just getting paths from the dock to the forward plant was a problem. Everything we hit was a problem, but once we got up and rolling, we got through it. So stepping forward again, after the, after the, the build, my daughter's having a baby, I moved up to the Gold Coast to see her, and in the end, I never moved back to Melbourne. So, basically, what what happened was I'd go out to Dick Johnson Racing every because day. Dick's been my friend friend forever through my Ford connections, and they had a little bit of turmoil going in there. One of the, what the one of the main owners of the build of, of the uh, of Dick Johnson Racing was extremely ill, and he's a very very good friend of mine. And I basically stepped into the general manager role of Dick Johnson Racing to help. And assist my good friend who wasn't well and it was through that with me being up in the gold coast near the end of 2021 i was approached that there was issues with this gen 3 engine program that we that we were working on for these cars um and when i step in the role and take over and do the development of these engines which i thought well why not it's going to be a very very good uh promotion for my road car business which which my my shop is just shock and jam full of brand new mustangs waiting to be modified and and being modified at the moment but it's been a it's been a big big thing for me i I tell you like to be as francis said they 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 rate me as the as the doug yates of australia when i was doing the aspect every tv interview i've done every magazine issue i've done even in the us they compare me with carol shelby and one of the things that come out of it when i've done that was I was sort of said to me, told me by a very, very good friend high up at Ford. They said, you're very, very humble, Rob. You don't understand what you've done. So what do you mean? And they said, well, in the history of Ford, there's only two people who have had a proper collaboration and a production line car, and that's Shelby in the 60s and Herod now. So it's a, you know, I've done a lot of things in my time, Brad. (laughs) That's a pretty big honor. You know,
1: looking through the website, and everything and uh and seeing is that like was that our spec was that born out of the 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 first supercharged Mach 1 Mustang is that was that no proto-
0: no so, so what we basically got Australia has a unique spec purposely built right hand drive Mustang that comes out of, out of Dearborn and it's a GT but it comes with a lot of different pieces in it that are usually up spec with a, with a standard GT Mustang in the US so we had a good base car to work with so Ford Performance to a supercharger kit for the, 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 the Mustang, this S550 Mustang. So we took that supercharger. I worked with companies like Baller with David Baller and and Mario from Baller and so forth to work on a special exhaust system to meet out noise characteristics and so forth. But basically we, we took that standard GT Mustang and converted it into a you know 650 horsepower road going road going car which was uh, was was pretty exciting. Mm. It-
1: that is very exciting. Well, tell us about the, uh, the, the change that's happening in V8 Supercar. How does that affect you as far as, like, engine design? Are we changing sizes? What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, okay. So, so the current super, supercar runs an old Windsor block, which, which has been around since, what, 1955 or so forth. And it's time for a change. And, and the Australian public with supercars want to – and supercars themselves wanted to make the car more like a road-going car so something you can go and buy off the shelf the supercar that we have now that 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 we're running right now they had to actually configure it's it's on a space tube chassis and so forth they had and that that chassis was 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 wrapped in a in a falcon body so what they needed to do was turn that that chassis into a mustang so with the help of ford motor company in the us and dick johnson racing being the homologation team for for supercars they made the Falcon body chassis looked like a Mustang, but it was an oddball looking Mustang. You go and have a look on, on a supercars or a Dick Johnson site. It looks like a Mustang, but it's a little bit, not the right shape. So with the new vehicle, it looks like a road going Mustang. And one of the big steps forward with it, we're running the Coyote engine that's based out of a current Mustang now and the beautiful thing about the whole deal is to try and cut costs and keep costs down for the teams. They've gone to one engine manufacturer and that engine manufacturer is Rob Herrod and Herrod performance engines. So what happens next year is every Mustang supercar that runs, that's a Ford will run a herrod controlled engine. So it's, it's been a big step. It's been, it's been a lot, a long, long haul. We're still working on it. It's been a, it's been a hard chore through COVID with, Getting, getting components, made, like coming up with the design. like We, we basically work off the, the, the Coyote 5 liter We're using a 5.2 block, but we've actually stroked it out to 5.4. We use a lot, like probably, I would say 80% genuine Ford components in that engine, but the, the rest 20% is what we've had to develop for the engine. But it makes around unrestricted 630 horsepower. To give you an idea, the current supercar engine is around $150,000 pre-COVID to put together. This new engine will go to the teams at around $64,000. So there's huge savings on the engine. The current engine does around 4,000 kilometres and needs a rebuild. We're working on that this new engine will need a minor service at around 5,000 kilometres, which won't, won't be expensive, and a full rebuild or replacement engine at 10,000 k's. So it's, it's really chopping the cost down to the teams to run these run these cars with, with, with this engine. And it, it's 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 a beautiful engine. Like to see a proper Mustang engine in a Mustang and the way we've put this thing together, I'm very, very thorough with the way I do things. It's a little one percenters that all add up that make this engine right. But aesthetically, it looks right as well. Like you look at it and it it does not look like it's a race car engine. It looks like an engine out of a current Mustang. Like it runs a, a Mac One or a Bullet style GT350 inlet manifold and throttle body, where the previous one run run an eight trumpet throttle body, which was you know a lot of work and a lot of expense. This thing runs the factory inlet manifold, uh, factory cylinder heads, which are CNC ported, the 5.2 block, a lot of internal changes we've made to keep the reliability. But you know it, it it's just like look you look at it and it's it you know it's a it's a Mustang engine it's pretty cool
1: that is really really cool. uh put it into perspective when you say five thousand kilometers uh ten thousand kilometers, how much of a season is that
0: uh it, what, what we what we feel is we had Bathurst in October, which is our big race it, most people most people in the u s all talk about Bathurst we feel that we're building two engines per car so they'll always have a spare engine at the track with them but what will happen is the teams will run I would say they'll run the one engine through to Bathurst which is in October and then they'll put their second spare engine in and then that engine that's come out will probably come back for service and so forth so it, it, it should get through an engine should really get through a whole season which which is pretty cool.
1: Wow. That is pretty amazing. So how does this, you know, with everything that you're doing, how does it work at the track? Do you have an engine yeah. tuner with each car? Um, do yeah, the teams
0: so, do that? No. So, so what happens is Herod, Herod will supply two techs at the track at, at each round, either one or two techs. And we'll, we'll, we'll be segregated. i have always, always been a DJR guy. I'm now the Ford engine guy. We'll be in another room with our monitors and so forth. Watching all the health of the engine, making sure the engines are all running fine, and, and monitoring things. If there's issues, we will go and talk with the teams. We'll advise the teams on what to do. The teams cannot touch the engine. They cannot touch the tuning. They can't do a goddamn thing. They they, they put that engine in the hole. They fire it up, and that's it. If something goes wrong with it, it's got to come back to Herod to be inspected and looked at. And one one of the one of the really really cool things about the whole deal is, is that. We'll dyno our engine in our dyno at HPE. And then once we're finished, they go into a case, and they get sent to the supercars dyno facility. And the guy there, the team there, they will dyno every engine, and I will not know where, what engine ends up where, which is pretty goddamn cool. It's like everyone's going, oh, you'd be doing a better engine for DJ, I went, No. We we can't do anything of the sort. We we don't know where those engines are going until they end up at, at that team, which is like which that. is pretty fair. Pretty fair. It's it's really good. And one of the, one of the most um, one of the things that's really good for us is we're up to the, like dynoing engine number seven at the moment. We've got to supply twenty two engines overall, but we need to get eleven engines to the teams before before the series starts. They've got to start testing, so they need. They need seven engines basically straight away for when they get their to get their cars put together to go to a test day, but all the engines we we have dynoed up to date are neck and neck. There's only you you can't even see the difference. It, it's astounding what we've been able to do with this engine for repeatability of power. It's it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that is incredible. I was going to ask you if there was you know if you sort of had your own horsepower rule or maybe the series does that. They're all gonna be uh, within.
0: No, like we, we've been working heavily. Like we, we, we have very, very privileged to have Ford Motor Company working alongside us. We've had an engine over, over in Dearborn on the ABL dyno, which is a, a dyno. So we, we sent over a, a complete supercar running gear where we had engine, transactional, radiators, air boxes, half shafts, dry shafts. And this, this thing run on this diet, it's amazing to hear, if I catch up with you over at Power, I'll show you a little video, but you can hear this thing running up and down the gears, going around tracks of Australia, and they run that thing constantly, and uh, it's pretty cool, but it's just the, the, the input that Ford has had is, is just fantastic. I'm absolutely blessed to be working alongside some pretty cool engineers and so forth at Ford Racing. Um, Yeah, it's it's pretty good, right?
1: Pretty good. Yeah, no, it sounds uh, like a pretty amazing thing. And the fact that, you know, look, in racing, um, things are always going to be more expensive than what you think. Things are always going to continue to rise in cost. But if you guys have found a way and if the rules have found a way to save these teams as much money, by comparison, if you're saying they could basically run out the season with this, what have they been doing up until now? How long have these engines been? Uh,
0: 4,000 kilometers has to have a full rebuild, which is probably about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 per rebuild.
1: Wow. So $120,000 engine, $25,000 rebuild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's, it's, it's amazing what we've been able to achieve here. Um, yeah. I sort of lost my whale of what we're talking about, but it's just it's going to be a good, th- good thing for the teams.
1: Yeah, it is. So how does the process work when something comes back to you for service or rebuild? Does that engine okay. stay with the team or does it get yes, redistributed? Yes, that,
0: that okay. engine when it comes back for its rebuild. So what, what, we, what we will do at Herod, every team will have a servicing cost through the year, which, which basically pays for us to be the track, do tech support, remote support, whatever. And if, if, if an engine fails or something goes wrong with it, part of our yearly cost, the engine will come back to us. And we will fix that engine, do whatever we need to do with that engine. The teams will have to pay for the components, but then the engine goes back to the supercar donor to be checked for its power, then it goes back to the team. One of, one of the things I lost I sort of lost my way a minute ago, what what's been amazing and what I've been able to achieve, the quotation that we've done on this, this engine was done prior, pre-COVID. And as you know, everything's gone up. 30%. If you're in Australia, you buy, our exchange rate and our dollar has dropped dramatically. The, the price of, of freight and everything is, is, is totally out of control. But through my ability and my networking with, with going to the shows like the PRI show and the SEMA show and doing roundtable conferences and speaking on behalf of, of people with Linda Spencer and so forth at, at PRI shows, my network and the people that I know in, in the US has just opened doors for me that I I purchase all my components direct. If I say to someone, I really have an issue, we're really on a time factor, I know that people to reach out to to make it happen. And what's been amazing is I've been able to keep the cost of the engine at pre-COVID price, which I'm pretty astounded at. When I I, I look back, the the rest of the car has skyrocketed. But, But I think through my knowledge and my ability and what I can actually do And I have to say, it's all through coming and going and meeting people like yourself, Francis, and all the team at PRI. it's, It's that that's made my life so much easier and why I could never miss the PRI show.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. You know, beyond the engines with the race cars and everything, I mean, obviously here on our side, uh, on the NASCAR stock car side, just went through a big change uh, this past season. And, of course, the next-gen car gets compared a lot to the Australian V8 supercar uh, in the type of construction and everything like that. How, How different are things going to be? Is this an update or is this more of a wholesale change?
0: This is a whole every nut and bolt change. Supercars in the history of supercars and Australian racing has never seen a change in a car like this. It is, it is huge. It's a huge undertaking. Uh, I, I feel for the supercar um, engineers that work at supercars that are organising all this. Due to COVID, due to everything, everything has become a problem. The world is in turmoil and they're trying to work through it. And, and credit where credit's due. They're going to deliver a pretty spectacular product, which is huge. You know, as I say, it's never been done on this scale before. It's in every nut, every bolt, you you name it, it's changed. It's a complete brand new car.
1: That's incredible. Uh, when it comes to the engine, is there anything that you do beyond the engine, or even on top of the engine, like you mentioned the throttle body and everything? Uh, you know, is the the injection system and all of that? Is that it's common? all
0: Ford. This is the beautiful thing about, look, look, we make a lot of bespoke components. Um, we, do our own, we, have, we make our own fuel rails. There's a lot of external components that we have to make. Um, we're fortunate with, with CNC machinery today, and so forth, we, we make a lot of, a lot of product in-house. Um, but wholly and solely, you look at the engine. It's pretty much a production engine. I guarantee if somebody got one of these engines and pulled it down they wouldn't be able to really understand the difference of the little tweaks we've made internally to keep this engine hold together, make the power it does, and live as long as it does. Because it it, it is, it's it's basically, the architecture is a a Ford Coyote engine. But we've we've spent thousands of hours perfecting this engine, working alongside Ford and making this engine where it's going to live. You know, and, and I, I think what will happen at the end of the year with the engine being so cost-effective, I don't think the teams will actually want to send that engine back and have it, have it rebuilt. I think what they'll do is they'll sell it to someone to put in a road car and just buy a new engine. Like, the only thing that really – you could take the dry sump set off out of it, put a, a, an internal oil pump back into it, and you could run this thing on the road. Like, you start it up, and it starts up and runs like a standard engine. There's no lumpy camshaft because we can c- control all the electronic valve timing and so forth. We've got 32 valves, four camshafts. It's a, it's a very, very advanced engine. and it, I think it's going to be very, very good.
1: Yeah, that, that, that does sound incredible. How does it work with their rules in that if everyone is always chasing speed and trying to find something just a little bit different, trying to find a little more, um, are you committed to every part and piece of this engine? for the season, yes. if you want to do something new, can you submit? No, to-
0: no, no. like every, every change that we does has to be homologated by supercars. So like even now we're, we're working on, you know, the other, the other side is Chevrolet. Chevrolet are running, running an LS engine. They're running a 5.7 engine, ours is 5.4. They've only got one camshaft. So what the unfortunate part about it is our engine is so efficient, we're having to change things around to try and match the Chev. So both 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 cars, the, the Chev and the Ford, are on a level playing field. So even our, our, our 5.4 engine will go to a 52 millimeter restrictor on the inlet, but it still makes over 600 horsepower. So with the teams, the, the beautiful thing about Gen 3 is, they've reduced the aero on the car. So it's gonna make a lot more exciting racing. They'll be able to, you know, draft, draft better and so forth because they want not have all this dirty air getting at them it's going to make drivers become real drivers again but it's also going to make the teams in their setup of the vehicle it's going to be up to the driver and the setup of the vehicle to who has the better car on the day it's not going to be hey someone has got their engines a little bit better it's going to be up to the teams it's the teams and the engineers that that's where we're all going to all really going to go bro. Yeah. No, I, I, and
1: I think that's great. I think it really does make for better racing and a better show uh, more than anything, uh, you know, especially if you really put it to me, that is putting it in the hands of the teams in a lot of ways, and certainly in the hands of the drivers with, with what they have to do competitively speaking and all of that. So how much are you anticipating this hitting the track? I mean, this has got to be a, a, a pretty neat thing.
0: I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited, to be quite honest with you. Like we're working, you know, seven days a week, you know, through the night, which is pretty pretty normal for me working with with Ford. You know, doing the aspect program, working with Ford for performance parts. So i my my day is is like up at you know five or six in the morning, and I'm, I'm on the phone or I'm on emails to uh, Ford in Dearborn at ten o'clock at night to get things moving. Then I wake up through the night and check my emails. On my iPhone beside the bed, that I might have to get out of bed and go make a call or, or whatever. But it, it's it's pretty exciting that we that we're actually getting this close to to when it's going to happen. You know, we we had uh, we debuted the the the, uh, the for, a Ford Australia actually we're very privileged. The new S six hundred and fifty shape of, of car we debuted at Bathurst back in October, so we, we were the first first per- people in the world that actually debuted. A race car in the new S650 shape, which is a which is a great honour. And my very very good friend Dick Dick Johnson, who's in his mid seventies now, an Australian icon and legend when it comes to Ford. DJ done the first laps in in this new S650 supercar, which was a, a bit of a bit of a momentous moment for me to see my great friend. He's debuted every supercar for the last last three generations, and he's just in he's mid seventies now, and he debuted that car. So yeah.
1: Wow. Pretty All cool. right. So I I am curious, a quick final question here of, of, of those five hundred R spec cars. How many of those hit the road? How many of those uh um,
0: five hundred collectors? Happy. Five ha 500 happy five hundred happy owners, hardly any warranty issues. Uh, they'll debuted in 2020 2020 stand end 2022. There's one that's a collector, and that's my car. Um it's bill number three fifty-one, which is an iconic Ford number. I've had it. We put it down the line as the very last car to go down the line. I had everybody in the team sign inside, as you call it, the trunk, we call it the boot. Everyone signed inside the trunk, it's gone. I drove it directly from the Ford plant to one of my factories in, in Melbourne and it hasn't moved. So that that's a real collector car because it's my car.
1: Wow, that, that's really cool. Well, look, congratulations uh, you know, on the honor of being able to do that and definitely looking forward to seeing uh, when the Gen 3 car hits the track, especially yeah. with your Ford
0: engines in them. Thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate the time and, and, and the honor of being invited to be on this show. Uh, of course, Rob. I mean, we—you uh, absolutely belong there. I mean, you—you such a uh, an incredible. You, you are what racing is all about:
2: the entrepreneur, the innovator, the racer, and uh, and and you are on, on top of it,
0: one of the nicest guys I ever met. Oh, thank you. you know, it's it's uh, thank you. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm so looking forward to catching up with you people ne- next week at, at PRI. I, the say I fly out of here. I fly out of here, I don't know, 10 o'clock Tuesday morning. You know, it's, what's the time it's 9am Thursday morning here in Australia. But the great thing about going to PRI is I'm going to leave here Tuesday morning, travel for 24 hours and get to Indianapolis at 6 o'clock at night. Work that out. So it gives me a day of rest and then I can hit the floor and uh, see all my good friends again. Absolutely. I, actually, I love the PRI show, Francis, as yeah. you know. Oh, yes. We we have known each other for a very long time, meeting there, meeting in Australia as well. And so, uh, thank thank you so much for taking the time to be with us.
2: Registering on ePAR Trade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision-makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a new company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose register a new company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePARTrade.